0: today welcome Rosedale welcome visitors welcome boys and girls good to see everyone today this is the fourth Sunday in Advent so this is a special day where we light the candle of love we have our banners up out before you and up here to remind us of what we're to be doing this season there are many things happening in this service of worship I think you will enjoy And we thank all of our participants for making this service very special. I would like to draw your attention to your bulletin. It's nice to have bulletins back. We have some uh, news to share with you, some of which you've seen on the screen. The deacons are still about doing their giving tree. So this year they're asking for donations made through our PushPay app to Freedom House, Genoa House, and Hope Clinic. The last day to give is tomorrow, so if you haven't had an opportunity to do that, please do. And you can read in the bulletin about each of those um, uh, nonprofits and how they serve others. Also, if you were, uh, had a picture taken in the pictorial directory, the directories are available for you to pick up on the back table in our narthex today. And then want to remind everybody of uh, some upcoming services. This coming Thursday evening is, of course, Christmas Eve. We have a 5 o'clock worship service family style, or a 10 o'clock candlelight and communion. All of our services are online from here on out. About an hour after worship, it takes that long for our Facebook and YouTube uh, services to be posted, and they're always going to be there for you. So we are glad to announce that. So the theme of uh, Christmas Eve is going to be peace. So the sanctuary will be beautifully decorated. Our family service is gonna be wonderful. At 10 o'clock candlelight and communion, everyone is asking, how are you going to do communion? So I will do the big reveal. We obviously cannot pass plates at this time. We have a very strict COVID protocol. So you have two options if you're planning to attend. If you're at home, Uh, Get your bread, juice, cracker, whatever you need to participate at home. If you are coming here in person, you will be given an individual serving of both juice and a wafer. You are also welcome to bring in your own juice and your own bread as well. So that we may all partake together and the liturgy will allow us to do it together um, at home and here as well. Also, we kind of have an extra Sunday this year, the way the holidays uh, landed, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, falling later in the week. So we have a bonus Sunday, which is January 3rd. We wondered what we would do to get ourselves ready for Star Sunday, which is on the 10th. So we actually have been recording for people in the congregation about the star word that they received in January and the meaning of their word pre covid and their meaning of their word now. And those are beautiful stories. And so we are excited about January 3rd. Let me go back because I skipped December 27th. If you saw it on the screen, yes, it's true. You can wear your pajamas to church. That's the fun of December 27th. And then on January 10th with Star Sunday, the question of the day will be, what will your star word be? And so wonderful services coming ahead of us. Would also like to draw your attention if you have the bulletin in front of you that uh, we are bringing back our prayer list and our four families of the week. So folks for you to remember in your prayers throughout this week, Denise Gerger who had gallbladder surgery last Thursday is doing well. She'll be at home for about a week and a half recovering. Sally Roach, who continues at home after a big stint in the hospital. Debbie Sanderson, we announced was in the hospital last week. Happy to say she is back home at Village of Westland. We also sent out midweek an announcement that Jack Backus had passed away. Um, Jack and his wife, Joyce, have been members of this congregation since 2012. Very active in many areas of the church. Jack was a deacon at his previous church. He served as an elder at this church on both the house and the technology committees he was also very active in the Roseau gardens men's club so we ask that you would please remember joyce and her daughters stephanie and becky and the family in your prayers arrangements are incomplete at this time and we will let you know once we know what they are i also received word today that Sandy Powers brother passed away yesterday. Sandy's with us in worship today would ask that you remember her and her family in your prayers and also the Hannah family. We found out that um, Karen's brother Bill Burns passed away at the end of November from covid. And so we want to remember the Hannah family. Our four families of the week that we ask that you hold in prayers are the Colors, the Irvines, the Lefevers, and the Ramirez families. So let us now be about what we came to do. Let us worship God.
1: As we remember that Christ will come again and bring us everlasting peace and joy, the fourth candle of is the, the candle of love. Its light is meant to remind us of the love of God for us. Jesus shows us God's perfect love. He is God's love in human form. The Scriptures tell us that God so loved the world.
2: Because it is so hard to wait, it is not easy to live through Advent days. But watch what God does during this time. God waits for us to turn from our old ways to find the right paths. God waits for us to admit what we have done and failed to do so we might be forgiven and graced with new life. Let us approach the one who waits for us. Let us pray. Lord God, we praise you for sending light into this world. We confess that we live as though the light had never defeated darkness. We confess that we ignore the Savior you sent to be among us and to live in us. We've kept the birth of your son confined to the Christmas season and do not yearn for his coming. Forgive us for not opening our eyes to Jesus. Prepare us for his return. Help us rejoice in the light so that your grace can illuminate the darkness place. Amen. At the beginning, at the end, and in every time between, the good news speaks to us of God's tender mercy and love for each of us. In every moment of every day, And in this time of Advent, God comes, not to punish, but to gift us with peace, not to judge, but to save us. Thanks be to God. Amen.
0: We turn now to our first scripture reading. It is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter one, verses 18 through 23. Listen to the word of the Lord for you this day. This is how the birth of Jesus of the Messiah came about. His mother Mary which pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit
2: Our second scripture reading comes from St. Paul's letter to the young church in Philippi. I will be reading from a paraphrased version of the Bible called The Message. Listen for what God may have to say to you as we read this passage. So this is my prayer that your love will flourish And that you will not only love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. Live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary. A life Jesus would be proud of. Bountiful in the fruits of the soul, making Jesus attractive to all. Getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
3: let us pray holy God may all that we do and say in this day be well and good in your sight it's in your son's name that I pray Amen. so one thing I have always loved dearly about the Christmas story is the visuals and the images that it provokes whether you've been influenced by the paintings of the masters from the Renaissance age Stained glass depictions in a church or a cathedral, the Nativity set in your own living room, drawing in your children's Bibles, claymation TV specials from the 1960s and the 1970s, or more modern day sophisticated films like the Nativity Story or the Bible television miniseries, I would gather that most of us, regardless of our church exposure, can conjure up all sorts of images of what it must have been like on that very first Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. In recent years, I've personally enjoyed attempting to put myself in the shoes of all these characters that pop up in the first pages of the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. It's such a remarkable story with such an unremarkable cast of characters. Everyday people who chose to be extraordinary simply by saying yes to God. What must it have been like to be Mary, to be a teenager and to say yes to God's request of having his child? What about those shepherds on the hillside and their terrifyingly wonderful experience of being approached by an army of God's angels and hearing the news firsthand of Jesus' birth? How about the tenacity of the wise men from the East, who wouldn't stop their pursuit of following the star until they discovered where it led? Now, how about Joseph? Unfortunately, I think this guy has gotten a bit of a bad rap at times. After all, he did contemplate dumping his fiancée, Mary, when he found out that she was pregnant, and rightfully so, in a way. Plus, some have to wonder about his wisdom and compassion in dragging his very pregnant wife on a long journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And finally, clearly, there was what appeared to be on the surface to be lots of poor planning on his part upon his arrival in Bethlehem as there was supposedly no place for them to stay. And if you really, really think about it, Is there any worse role to have in the Christmas pageant than that of Joseph? Mary gets to coo and beam and acknowledge all the visitors, and she gets to hold the baby Jesus, whether real or plastic. Shepherds adore, angels sing, wise men bring gifts, and even those little kids who get to be the sheep and the cows, they actually get to make noises. But poor Joseph, he just stands there. So here in Matthew's Gospel, like we read this morning, it depicts Joseph grappling with the unexpected and upsetting intrusion of the Holy Spirit into his perfectly planned life. And the whole miracle of Christmas momentarily rests on Joseph's shoulders, awaiting his freely chosen decision to either accept or reject the stunning news of being chosen to be the father of an impending Messiah, and the shocking way in which this salvation would enter the world. It was one thing for Joseph to be familiar with the writings of the prophets who foretold that the coming of the Messiah would happen in such a way, but it was quite another thing to have one's own betrothed suddenly become that chosen virgin to be pregnant when not yet married. Remarkably, Joseph's reaction to the news was one of complete openness, confidence, acceptance, and nobility. At this time of year, when we all become a little more aware of our blessings and the needs of others, we can begin to see that Joseph practiced the ultimate in hospitality. He opened his heart and spirit, his home, and his whole future to the intrusion or even more so, the invasion of the divine. The trusting welcome Joseph gave to the divine, he also extended to Mary, whose own openness to the power of God had placed her in a very precarious position, completely dependent upon Joseph's compassion and trust. The hospitality Joseph freely offered Mary was extensive. He gave her his name, which safeguarded her reputation and welfare, as well as gave the expected child the authority of a Davidic heritage, thus fulfilling one of many of the prophecies. Joseph's dedication to Mary was so complete that when he traveled to Bethlehem for the ordered Roman census, as recorded in Luke's gospel, he took her along. She was his family now, no matter what her condition or how her pregnancy had come about. Our modern interpretations of Luke's birth narrative, which is probably the most well known of the Christmas texts, is quite possibly the culprit as to why we may think of Joseph as a do nothing, ineffectual character in this whole drama. The story of the journey to Bethlehem and the birth itself, when viewed through our modern-day European cultural lens, finds the journey strange and maybe even a little cruel. Mostly what we see is Joseph dragging a very pregnant Mary out on a long, hard trip. But instead, we should see a man who had welcomed the Holy Spirit into his life and that he took the pregnant Mary for his wife without any reservations he completely honored her as his wife, that he did not even dream of leaving her name off the official Roman census being taken. He even brought her with a pregnancy to advance for the amount of time that they had been formally married right into the middle of his relatives during this Roman forced family reunion. Not only do we question Joseph for taking Mary on this track, but we then interpret the rest of the birth narrative to make Joseph look even more incapable. Most of us know the story so well that there's no room at the inn. So when the child was born, he was laid in a manger. Was this really the best Joseph could provide for his wife and child? If Bethlehem was indeed Joseph's family home, why could he not arrange for something better recently a number of scholars have shed some light on this truth about joseph's family situation by investigating palestinian peasant living conditions and customs and this is what they discovered if joseph and his pregnant wife showed up in his family's village of origin they would be greeted as long lost brothers and sisters No effort would be spared on their behalf. Kinship ties were the strongest, most important realities governing the everyday life of these peasants. To turn away visiting relatives was positively unthinkable. Mary's condition would only reaffirm that sociological fact. If Mary had shown up pregnant and alone in a strange town, the story might have been different, but she had Joseph's name and the status of being his wife, making her pregnancy a positive, joyful expectation. But we still can't help but be perplexed that there was no room at the inn. The word translated in Luke as inn is "catalima," a term elsewhere used to describe a special guest chamber, often attached to a home. It is in a catalema where Jesus and his disciples gather for their last Passover supper later on in Jesus' life. So it is very probable that upon arriving in Bethlehem, Joseph sought out family with which to stay. But because of the census, the town was crowded with visitors and the separate guest room of this relative's house was already filled. And finally, what is up with the newborn baby Jesus being laid in a manger? And was that really a good idea? Clearly, Joseph forgot the pack and play upon leaving Nazareth. It is a common thought for us to believe that Joseph could do nothing more than to set his laboring wife into a stable for the night, leaving her nowhere to put the newborn when it arrived, but in a feeding trough for animals. But what scholars point out is that Palestinian peasants kept any livestock they might own into their homes during cold nights. Not only were the animals likely to be their most valuable possessions, but they also added to the home's warmth. To accommodate this arrangement, Palestinian homes were often constructed with an upper level to be used by its human occupants, leaving the packed earth floor below for the animals. Built into this floor were wooden or stone feeding troughs or mangers with sturdy sloping sides that would serve nicely as a cradle. So Joseph brings Mary to the home of some relatives. With their separate guest chamber already filled, the family invites Joseph and Mary to join them into their regular living quarters. There in the midst of family, and certainly with other women to attend to her, Mary gave birth. And once the baby was cleaned and well-swaddled, he was placed in the safety of a secure manger below, enabling Mary to get some much-needed rest. It's interesting, isn't it, how a story can change and lead us to new understandings when we have a better understanding of the context in which it was written. And this is especially true with many biblical accounts. And now that we know these things, Joseph takes on more of a superhero role, in my mind, rather than just a side character that is only mentioned one more time in the Gospels. And that story actually doesn't paint a very good picture of Joseph either, as he lost Jesus for three whole days in Jerusalem. But that's a whole other story, and again, another story whose cultural nuances help us to not blame Joseph as much as we do when we read on the surface. Joseph is, indeed, a truly fascinating, complex character whose role in the story of our redemption and salvation cannot be ignored. So back in December of 2018, Pastor Kelly said the following in one of her sermons, Help us, Lord, to never be afraid to pray for the impossible. And that line has stuck with me, and I have attempted, quite timidly I must admit, to pray bolder prayers ever since. So this is my prayer for all of us as we enter into these last few days of Advent and make our way to the silent night of Christmas Eve and find ourselves sitting beside beside the manger. It is my prayer That we all be reminded of the historicity surrounding the birth of Jesus of Nazareth and the implications of what that means to our religion and belief system, that it is not based on a magical fairy tale, but true facts. It is my prayer for all of us that we be reminded that more than 2,000 years ago, ordinary, insignificant, everyday people made some difficult decisions. That have come to affect the meaning and the richness of our everyday lives it is my prayer that we all be reminded of Joseph's remarkable hospitality and offer the same to one another neighbor and stranger alike throughout the whole of our lives it is my prayer that when we are confronted with a difficult task or decision that we may have the trust of Joseph to follow God's guidance and leading it is my prayer like st. Paul said in his letter to the Philippians that our love will flourish and that we will not only love much but love well in the same way that I believe Joseph loved well because one can only surmise that such actions on the part of Joseph must have been grounded in love love for God and love for his wife and love for his child And no, these may not be impossible, bold prayers by any means. But if we're honest, we can all acknowledge that some days, having the right amount of trust can feel impossible. On some days, offering up hospitality to others can feel impossible. On some days, loving well can quite simply feel impossible because we are flawed, imperfect human beings. And it is because of this fact that God recognized that we needed a savior, so we need Christmas. And we need to be reminded again and again that such a remarkable moment in history was pulled off by some pretty unremarkable people of their day. So it is my prayer that we enter into this coming Christmas week with a renewed sense of awe and wonder at the events of that very first christmas day it is my prayer that we all welcome next week with open arms trusting arms in the same way that we would welcome a helpless baby into our embrace regardless of the potential frustrations and sadness and disappointments the week may bring due to trying to celebrate a holiday in the midst of a global pandemic it is my prayer that because of Jesus and the power of his holy spirit that we can pray bold impossible prayers prayers that ask god for miracles prayers that change lives and influences people prayers that demonstrate faith and hope yet also prayers that trust in the answer of an amazing sovereign god and it is my prayer that each of you Know how truly beloved you are by God. And the true depths of that love began on the day that Jesus was born with the help of a couple of Palestinian peasants in the likes of Mary and Joseph, then made complete upon Jesus' death and resurrection. What a true gift. And that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown amen. So my friends, we have indeed been blessed to be a blessing, and I think we all have experienced that in remarkable ways in these past many months, how truly blessed we are to be a congregation whose ministries continue to thrive, and our ministries continue to thrive simply because of each and every one of you and your generosity, in your time, gifts, And treasures we cannot thank you enough if you so choose you may give by texting to give there is information in your uh, pew if you wish to use that now you will also see the information on text to give on the screen if you are joining us live stream today but know that your gifts in God's hands can do remarkably more than they will in our own so let us now receive this morning's offering
2: Let us pray giving God you have blessed us to be a blessing to others so that we may come before you today with our humble offerings take what we have to give and feed the physically and spiritually hungry take what we have to give and shelter the downtrodden and the defeated Take what we have to give and clothe the the exposed and barren. Take what we have to give and strengthen your church in this world. Take what we have to give, O Lord, and do with our offerings what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: our honor to pray to Jesus who has come to be with us this Advent in whose life we are anticipating come Christmas Eve and so this gift that he has given us let us now do together let us pray holy God we hear the story of shepherds and magi of maiden and carpenter of prophets and angels and we too come to Bethlehem for a blessing. You are born in our hearts because you have chosen the weakness of our bodies for your birth. We are filled with love because you have taken upon yourself our humanity. We are filled with hope because you have offered us your spirit. We are filled with faith because all that is meek, lowly, and humble in creation becomes holy from Bethlehem to Livonia this week. Christmas, God, make us new. Guide us to make room for our own nativity, even when we think there is no room in the inn of our hearts. Where we are busy, grant us peace. Where we are lost in the dark, be our light that no darkness can ever overcome. Where we are sad, envelop us with joy where we are hard of heart permeate us with your healing love let our worship this morning be a time of our renewal help us to see beyond the baby in the manger to the life and ministry of our messiah to live our lives by his teachings and example and to spread the word that you are born among us jesus said you are the light of the world Let our light so shine that people around us will be moved by the good things that we do. As we prepare to greet your birth with joy, we ask you to inspire us to live Christ-like lives and to spread our joy to the world in gratitude for the extravagant gift of your Son. Receive, we pray, those on our hearts this morning, Denise, Sally, Debbie, the Jack Backus family, Kevin's family, the Hannah's family. We pray for the Colors and the Irvines and the Fevers and Ramirez. We pray for everyone working in the world right now to get the vaccine where it needs to be. For Emmanuel God, you really are with us and with all of our brothers and sisters around the world. We have heard the promise of the prophets. We have seen the shepherds run to meet you. We have caught the notes of an angel's song. We have seen the star in the heavens, and we believe from this day on, we commit to seeking you, our Messiah, to inspire and to guide us. May your message in all of its richness live in our hearts as together we pray the prayer of your son praying, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation,
3: please join us in the closing litany that you will find in your bulletin you will also find the words on your screen if you are streaming with us if you choose you can be instruments of hope in the world
0: we so choose so we go to spread the hope and promise of a coming child if you choose you can counter the voices of anxiety and despair in the world
3: We so choose, so we sing songs of hope, because the world can be changed. If you choose, you can fight against the fear that freezes the heart of many.
0: We so choose, so we will tell of the love that conquers fear, the love of a child in a manger. The choice is ours to make how we live into the possibilities of Christmas. The beauty beauty is that that we do not live live of choice by our our own own strength.
3: Go with God, who feeds our hopes and quiets our fears.
0: Always and forever.